0: Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church message podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I've entitled today's message, expanding into new places, expanding into new places. And, And as a church, you guys are entering into a new place. And as individuals, you are entering into a new place and God's about expanding us and having you fulfill purpose and destiny and the desires of your heart. And I'm thinking of a rubber band, right? I start thinking of a rubber band. You get a rubber band, I I should have one, but they're too little to even see. And it it has a format, a shape, but if you stretch it, it can go a lot bigger than what it is. You can even flick it across the room, you know, as a kid and you flick it on people's legs. It it can do some damage, a, a rubber band. And I'm thinking of bows and arrows. You know, when you've got a bow and arrow, you've got to stretch that bow, what do you call the string part of it? The bow? The string. The string, okay. I I was going to research it, but I just left it. I figured there'd be someone in this room who knows the technical names. And so you pull the bow back. But if you stretch it a little bit, your little arrow's just going to go plomp, isn't it? But if you pull it back, the more tension you put on it, the, the, the more you stretch that thing back, the more intense you hold that thing back, the better it will fly, the more focused it will be and the further it will go. And so at times God wants us to take us through expanding. He wants to expand who we are. And at times he wants to pull you back. You know, sometimes we want to go forward, but sometimes God has to take us back so that we can go forward. Sometimes we have to, Sometimes a negative thing could happen and we think, why did this happen? But sometimes God has to pull us back a bit, to stretch us back, to hold us back. There's a bit of a time delay so that he can propel you forward to hit that mark that you've destined, that you desire, that's in your heart. Another little analogy I think of is a hot air balloon. Now, is there hot air ballooning in Shepparton? Now that's a business opportunity there that's a business opportunity okay you just five percent royalties to me if you go start it okay ten percent to the church but hot air and ballooning would be great in shepparton go up champagne breakfasts or sunsets looking over the whole of shepparton i think it'd be beautiful anyway where i'm from they have hot air ballooning and when you see the basket and you you see the balloon part of it and it's just on the ground it just looks like material It doesn't look like there's much to it. You think, how is this thing going to take me anywhere? How is this thing going to take me higher? But as soon as they start to put the hot air in with the gas and the flame, all of a sudden it starts to take shape. It starts to look different. You know, sometimes we can look at other people's lives and see, how could they do anything? How can they become anything? Or maybe somebody's looked at your life and thought, what could come of them? I don't see that. They want to be this. I can't see it. But you know, in the hand of God... People can be transformed into different people and do great things. You know, NASA, NASA in the 50s, when they were experimenting with going to space, got a hot air balloon, and, and they took it to the very edge of the Earth's atmosphere, to the, the edge of space. You know, A hot air balloon can go higher and higher and do amazing things. I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. My first point is this. You were born for adventure. You were born for more. You were born for more than just the nine to five, the mundane of life, which is a port is important. Like everyone has to do it, but God has a bigger purpose for your life than just just drudgery of you know just living. He wants you to more than just kind of exist. He wants you to live. He wants you to have more. He wants fulfillment of. He's put desires and dreams in your heart. You know, maybe for some of you it was when you were a young boy or a young girl and you're a bit older now. Doesn't mean these things can't happen. God's hand wants to fulfill those things in you. And Jesus is the key to this. An encounter with God is the key. See, you could look at your life as, as like the hot air balloon but it's the hot air that 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 brings the change. It's that which is inside. See, the balloon on the outside is the same. The thing that goes into the balloon is the thing that changes it and transforms it. So it's what takes place in our inside. And the Spirit of heaven wants to speak a fresh word into some of your lives, a new word into your hearts. Because when he speaks a word into your heart, it's like the wind, the breath of God goes inside of you. It... it, it floats your boat it 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 makes you bigger it it gives you a new passion a new vision amen. it's his voice it's reading his word spending time in his presence takes you from a, a, a hot air balloon that's on the ground that's just laying there to one that is standing upright one that looks fuller and bigger and one that may begin to lift off the ground and to see life from a new perspective to have a new way of thinking amen, amen. it's good preaching Robbie isn't it? it's good preaching Sorry, I'm only joking on this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago when I was younger, not that many, but when I was younger, and we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have the education that we later embarked on in life. It was probably in my early 30s. Uh, we were renting, like, you know, the cheapest house we could rent, a little three bedroom place. And I had my two little girls, they were little girls then. And I was driving this bomby car was it 83 Corona or Corolla. It had no air conditioning. It was silver. It was the middle of summer. I'm driving and it was like hell. You know what I mean? It was horrible. It was sticky. And and I think I was working part-time probably at Myers at the time just in sales. But I had dreams in my heart and desires. And I had financial goals for my family and investment goals for the future and ministry goals and career goals, education goals. And I was feeling like like the balloon that was that's laying down without the air. You know, I was I was feeling like, God, you? these things are in my heart, but I just felt like failure. I felt like I want my, my little girls to be proud of me. I want my wife to be proud of me. I want my parents to be proud of me. I wanted to do something, but yet I felt like I was not in that moment. And I was just feeling really down. I was kind of talking to God in the car. And I remember this moment. I've never forgotten it. And as I was just kind of feeling these feelings of just, hopelessness, I guess, I heard a voice, and not not a, like, not a an audible voice. I didn't hear, like, this voice from heaven. I had to explain. Some of you might identify. It was like a whisper in my spirit. It wasn't my voice. Like, I didn't just think to myself. It wasn't in my head where I was thinking, you know, in your mind. But it was something that was down here. It was like a feather across my soul. It, it's the only way I can describe it. And I knew it wasn't from me. It was something, some outside force, set in me and this voice just said don't forget where you've come from and you know when somebody tells you a joke or someone says something funny and you didn't plan on laughing like you're just doing your thing and then you might hear something on a comedy show on TV right and they say a joke and you just spontaneously laugh you know what I mean when that that laughter comes out and you have to stop yourself if, if it's an um, inappropriate moment or something you know um, I just started bursting out laughing I was laughing my head off in the car. I was laughing because I, I thought it was like God told me a joke. You know, don't forget where you come from. It's like, well, I've gone nowhere. I'm, you know, this is ha, 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 ha. You're rubbing it in, are you? You know? And I started feeling a bit convicted. Well, maybe I shouldn't laugh. But I thought, well, it came natural. So he said, it was like I felt God's sense of humor. And I kept thinking, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And I got this, and this is my kind of thoughts I had. The Bible says that God lives in eternity. He doesn't live in time. The creator of the universe doesn't live in time like we do. He lives beyond time in an eternal world. So he sees your life from beginning to end in one moment. You know That's how big he is. He knows everything. So he, he knows the future. He knows the past. He knew you before you were born. And it was like for me that God had kind of, in eternity, came to this bubble of time that he lives outside of, and I'm living in the bubble, and he pulled it open to encourage me. But he got, he, like, he was a couple of degrees out. Like, he meant Robbie at 65, don't forget where you come from. He accidentally opened it up at 32. Oh, don't forget, oh, Rob, so, sorry, wrong timeline, you know. It was almost like, you made a mistake, you got your degrees out. You, you spoke to me when I had gone nowhere. And it, but the Bible says that God calls things that are not as if they were. God calls things are not as if they were. He speaks as if it's happened because it's happened to him because he sees my beginning from my end and he knows the future and he's encouraging me and he was saying to me, there's going to be a time that you could forget where you came from. And I, I, in that moment, I had this hope. I laughed and then hope came into me because he was giving me a heads up. It's not going to always be like this. One day I'm going to bless you in such a way that those dreams and desires in your heart could be so like good and you could have been living in them for so long. That you might forget this moment in this car. And I'm saying this to you right now because I don't want you to ever forget this moment of what I'm going to do and what I've done in your life. And, and that is like the breath of God blowing over a spirit. When I had that word, it, hope arose in me. It, it, it caused me to have a new persistence and patience and to continue because he was telling me that it will happen if I hang around long enough. If I stay with him long enough, if I trust long enough, if I continue to be faithful long enough, it's eventually going to happen in his time and not my time. See, Jesus wants to speak into your life a new word. He wants to do a new thing inside of your heart because that's the thing that will take you to expand you to a new place. In the Bible, if we could put that scripture in Matthew 16, 18, this is Jesus talking to a young man, Peter. They believe the disciples we were teenagers, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, maybe 20. And uh, Peter wanted to be a leader. He wanted to be somebody. He was a fisherman. He's an ambitious type of guy. And Jesus spoke into him like that, the, the breath of God, the word of God. And he said, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. See, God, Jesus was speaking a word to this young man to give him a future, to give him a hope, to change his life. And and Peter then lived out of that new identity that God gave him. So as we read the word, it tells us who we are. It renews our mind. It changes our thinking. My second point today, this is kind of a bit of an academic looking, I probably should redo this one. If we could put that next one up. Individual and co- It sounds like a business kind of gathering, doesn't it? Individual and corporate extension is reciprocal. I'm going to fix that one up. I must have been in a really kind of crazy mood then. But what am I saying? I'm saying that, that as a church is blessed and grows and has favor, so does it happen to individuals within it. I know from the last church I was in, all the growth and blessing, our lives were blessed in that six, seven years more than they had been all our life. You know, as a city is blessed, as a town of Shepparton, city grows and is blessed. And we've got to believe the best for Shepparton. I bring we change our language about Shepparton. You know, this is a great city that's going forward and progressive. It's going to do great things. And as we as citizens in in that, we are blessed. It's like our country. When we have a recession, or even the individuals, you know, we can have tough times. But when a country prospers, us as individuals prosper. So what am I saying with that? Well, I'm looking at Solomon's temple. There was a temple that got built in the Old Testament. And King David, the guy with the slingshot, took down Goliath. He had it in his heart to build this temple to God. It's, it's kind of like a church, isn't it? Build a building for God's people to come and meet with God. And, and he, he got all the resources together and had it in his heart and did the blueprint and the plans for it. But at the end of the day, God said, You're not the one. Another generation's gonna build, you're gonna provide. See, it takes more than one generation to build a church. There's all generations build a church. One generation might be providing the resource. The other generation might need to implement it. And so Solomon was a different person to David, had different giftings. The Bible talks about how he was wise. He was a detailed person. He was a person about quality and doing things well. Would David have built a temple as as grand and as refined as Solomon? I don't think so. Solomon just knew the dot the I's and cross the T's and just... The little things mattered. And in First Chronicles, it's a book in the Old Testament, 29.1. And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great, for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord. So this thing's for God. It's about e- expansion. But the thing that Solomon had was he was willing To take up the challenge david was willing to provide the resources that see for you to expand there's got to be a willingness nobody can make you change nobody can make you want more no one can make you spend time in god's presence he can't make you i can't make you it's we have to have a willingness in our heart to embark on transformation or or changes as a person or to do things differently you know there's that saying to um, sign of insanity is to do things the same and expect a different result. You know, I'm, my wife often reminds me of this, you know, of Seinfeld. Remember Seinfeld? And George. George says, Everything I do falls, everything I do fails. He goes, I oh know, I'll do the opposite to what I'm on, I would normally do. I'll do the opposite because then that's going to be what's right. And if you've seen the evidence, he does the opposite, and everything seems to go really well. So my wife will often say to me, why don't you just do the opposite to what you normally do in this situation? (laughs) I was like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) I'm saying thank you to my wife, yes. So anyway, again, um, 1 Chronicles 29, 2 to 5, we're going to continue there. This is a bit of a long section, but I just want to get a gist of what David's contribution was. David says... So I have provided for the house of my God as far as I was able. The gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood. In other words, you know, it, it, it's not just one material that built the temple. There's lots of different materials that have a different place. And, and in God's kingdom and, and in God's house, it's a place for all types of different people. It'd be terrible if it was all one personality type. It's, it's a, a church is supposed to be a house of color and, and, and one person's great with talking at the door. And for some of you, that's a terrifying thing. Some are good for being up on stage. You know, even if it's just to look good, they're good to be up here. You know, we all have a gifting. Some of you, your backroom people who you love to do admin and and you don't want to be up front. And that's fine. That's how God made you. And so in God's house, in building the house, there's a place for every person, no matter who you are, what your background. His house is big enough to contain every personality and gifting that exists in the world. Besides great quantities of onyx, stones for setting, antimony, I don't know what that is. I should have looked it up. Colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble, More in addition, moreover in addition, to all that I provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own gold and silver because of my devotion to the house of my God. I give it to the house of my God. 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, that's like really the top quality gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house, for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself to the Lord? See, there's this there's this willingness in David to see this thing happen. So it's got to be a willingness in you as an individual to see expansion in your life. But as a church, you have to be willing that we want our church to grow. We want to reach the community. You know, you could have Brian Houston as your pastor. You could have Reinhard Bonk. You could have these famous preachers and men of God and women of God. At the end of the day, it's the willingness of the whole congregation to want to grow and change. So the first step in expansion in any capacity, where it's individual or as a church, is a willingness. And I know there's a willingness in this church, or I wouldn't have come. I heard the willingness. I saw the willingness. I heard it when people spoke to me. Amen. The last scripture, after we've got willingness, in verse 9 of Chronicles 29, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. For with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. So they weren't giving. He wasn't giving this going, oh, I've given all my money. I've given all my... He gave it willingly and joyfully because he had a bigger vision for the bigger picture, for expansion and growth and and for for his people and for individual lives. After willingness, after willingness, it's going to take a little more. What am I saying now? It takes, like I said, it's, there's a time frame. So we can have willingness, but we also need faith. We can have willingness, and we also need patience. We can have willingness, and we also need persistence. Because that temple took 20 years to build. It wasn't like, great, we're willing, we're excited, we've, you know, we've, we've provided all the stuff, we've got all the resources, we've got the blueprint for expansion. But, you know, if you embark on a, a degree or a course, you've, there's a willingness to start, but there's also got to be this faithfulness to continue. There's got to be a patience to keep going through the bad times. There's got to be a, 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 a persistence when when things come up, they get in your way. And so it took them 20 years to build this temple. It wasn't just a... a that poorly built temple it was a temple or a house that was built with the best quality it was it was artistically and aesthetically beautiful it it was of quality it was it was it was to represent the god that they served it was something done very well what was the outcome you would think after 20 years everybody would be broke wouldn't you 20 years like this was billions of dollars in our money went into building this thing you would think the country of Israel would be bankrupt and every individual would, would be in poverty. But in that 20 years, because they focused on the house of God, they focused on the things of God for their own lives, that nation prospered bigger than it ever did in all its history before or its history after. It expanded geographically double the size in that period, double the size of a nation. Their financials, economic prosperity was just out, out of this world. Every individual prospered to such a point. What was the outcome? It said in the days of Solomon that silver and rubies and gems were like common stones. That, that it, was, it was worthless because of just the abundance of prosperity. I'm not advocating that we're, you, know, you but you get what I'm trying to say. Is, is they prospered in everything they did when they made God's house the central focus of their life. They made God's kingdom the central focus of their hearts. They willingly gave and God blessed them to the point where the Queen of Sheba, which was a, a queen in Ethiopia, she heard of what had happened in Israel over the 20 years and she came to visit and she said, man, the way your servants talk, the way they dress, they have smiles on your faces, the way that you have processes and systems in place for your country and, and it's just, so. It's, I only heard half of what's happening here. That's how incredible the outcome when God's people provided willingly and executed it well. But they did it for the glory of God. As I begin to conclude today, in the music team, you guys can start to come up. I just want to challenge everyone in this room and myself that the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things of life will be added to us. See, they built God's temple on a mount called Moriah, which was, was on a hill. And so wherever they were doing their work, whatever they were doing during the day, they could look up and see the house of God. People were going there as a place of community. God was meeting with them there. And that's the time when they prospered and expanded as a nation and individuals did. And I want to put it to you today that that as we come into God's presence, and as you read His Word, develop a reading habit of reading the Bible each day. Whether it's in the morning or at night, just read a paragraph, read a chapter. Just wash that Word. Spend some time praying. The Bible says, "If you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you." And as we we say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm going to make going to church a bit of a priority too. I'm, I'm going to try to come every week." You know, it's something I want to we're going to bring in over the next month is is more connect groups, and. You know, connect groups are just simply groups of, you know, three, four, five, ten, twelve people who gather. And, you know, and it's great to have their Sunday gatherings, but, but coming together in a bit more intimacy with another group of people is, is helps new people connect. And uh, I, I want to, you know, put a challenge out there. We're going to bring some connect groups in, that some Bible study ones. But I want to encourage you that if you have a passion, we're going to start some connect groups based around a passion around a desire you know maybe some of the ladies you know you love cooking well we can start you can start a cooking connect and we can people come to to, for the first time come to church hey i want to join a group. we got a cooking connect group we might have young mums that go walking around victoria park you know on a saturday morning we could have a men's group you know men six to seven on friday mornings we're gonna have some breakfast and and talk about the message from sunday And we're gonna have some Bible study ones and prayer connects and different ethnic groups. In my my church on Gold Coast, we have Brazilian connect group, you know. They meet and they have 25 people at it and they have all the food and music and, you know, places of points where when somebody comes from a a particular group in in the community who are new to the country, they think, oh, there's that connect group in our church. I'll bring you to my connect group. Or, or, you know, a a single mom, we got a single mom's, just, sky's the limit. So I encourage you, you know, after the service is information desk out there and somebody will be there. You can you can put down a connector you might be interested in going to, or you might be interested in, in leading one. It's it's not supposed to be hard. Don't have to be an amazing theologian. It's just about helping people make their next step. But I want to encourage you today, let's make God's house the central focus of our life and Jesus the focus of what we do. Because when he speaks a word into your spirit. When he says something into your soul, like he said to me when I was driving that day many years ago, it can light your heart. It can fill your balloon. It can transform who you are and give you hope for a new day. If we could stand this morning, I'm going to pray over you as a church. We could all be upstanding, please. I'm going to pray over you. And why don't we, can we just dim those lights slightly, thanks. And why don't we just lift our hearts, and maybe if you're comfortable, you could just put your hands out. I'm just gonna pray for every person here. Father, I pray for every individual in this church. I pray, Father, that, that you'd show us areas where we need to kind of maybe seek you in more, where we need to put you first in what we do. And I pray for those with dreams and desires and visions. I pray that you would breathe new life. I pray that you would speak afresh into people's lives this day. You would give creative business ideas to people. You would would help people find a new path, Father, those that are searching for more out of their life. I pray for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's put our hands together, church. Give a clap. Celebrate. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepperton.